Well, thank you. Uh, I, re I received that warm welcome, and it's really good to be with you. Um, no, you can just keep playing. Just come on. Oh, you can raise it? Oh, okay, yeah. Thank you. No, he raised it, and then my eyesight went away. So I, I need a little more distance. That's actually good. Anybody else can uh, raise your hand if you Yeah, thank you. Um, thank you for this invite, and thank you for uh, uh, just the privilege. Really, I take it a privilege and an honor uh, to be here at Osborne. Um, as Pastor Ryan, thank you, Pastor As Pastor Ryan mentioned, uh, I, I grew up in the place. I started out here when I was three years old. And uh, Mary Hughes was teaching children's church. We could go names you probably know and don't know. And uh, I have lost uh, a fair amount of hair on my arms and legs from Larry Bassinet. <laughs> Larry would go by and just pull the hairs right off your just to get your attention. Um, and so uh, it's a great, wonderful, uh, amazing, not only memories, but um, what was poured into my life, I could get uh, a little emotional about what, was, what I experienced, what was poured into my life is partly why I'm here today, a great, a great deal of why I'm here today. Why Jenny and I, my wife and I have been in ministry for uh, decades and decades and decades. <laughs> I wish you'd have just stopped at one decade. That would have been nice, but it has been. It's been uh, 40 years of ministry. And um, because something was spoken into my life by uh, Myrna Hurst, it confirmed a calling in my life at a camp at 13 in Kings Canyon. And uh, what Jesus does in your life, you can never shake. You can run from it, but it's always there. And uh, I'm glad uh, by his grace I ran towards him. And uh, it's been a wonderful, amazing journey. And so what a privilege to be with you and to meet new friends as well. Uh, at least I hope when we're done we're friends. Yeah. Uh, I was, I'm just going to share this. This wasn't in the notes or anything. I was, um, I was seven years old. Uh, we had attended Osborne for a number of years, and uh, we lived in Granada Hills. And one day I came home from school, and I had a lump above my left eye. And uh, I got hit with a volleyball at school, playing volleyball, and I thought it was just a, just a little bruise and a little uh, contusion and then the next day it was even bigger I mean it grew rapid and when you talk about prayer uh, a, uh, a family of people went to prayer you see proximity matters community matters there's a lot that might be flying around that you can do it on your own no, it doesn't say one by one he visits. It's by two or three gathered in his name. And the body of Christ at Osborne Neighborhood Church went to prayer. 
my family prayed, and the God was good. And in a short amount of time, the diagnosis was there's cancer attached to the bone above his left eye. And in two days, I was in surgery at Presbyterian. Uh, fascinating. My doctor was Dr. Faith. <laughs> you, you, you can't make this stuff up. You just can't. And Dr. Faith said, we need to do surgery. We're concerned if it goes into the bone, into the marrow, we've got no treatment. So they did surgery. And if you look at me today, I've got a dent here. I've had a dent since seven years old. And uh, the pot, uh, the, went to pathology. The pathology report came back. People praying for the, those three, four days. Uh, the pathology, we can't find any cancer cells. The doctors were so convinced. Now, this is part of the story. You got to have both. The doctors were so convinced that I had, had some kind of cancer. They said, well, we can't understand this. They said, we need you to go to UCLA Medical Center for six weeks every day, Monday through Friday, and do cobalt treatment on your eye. Radiation. And uh, so uh, my mom, Eileen, took me every day over the hill, Granada Hills up through the valley over into Westwood. And I was placed in a room with a big steel table, radiation cobalt room, and it looked like a thing out of Star Wars, you know, that big telescopic lens. And they sat me on the table and put uh, bags all around my head. And they said to a seven-year-old, for 45 minutes, we don't want you to move. And as soon as you say that to a seven-year-old, you're thinking, let's move. <laughs> uh, and I'll try to get through this part. Every day, not only was my mom and I having great conversations, I'll never forget it, but the Holy Spirit filled that room. And him and Jesus and I talked with bean bag, those bags all around, sandbags all around my head, and my life was changed. So even out of cancer, no cancer, then cobalt. I have no, you see, I got a no eyebrow up here, really. Nothing much compared to this one, because it was burned off by radiation. I've had some residual stuff that's happened in my life, they think, because of the radiation. But I have the greatest residual is Jesus and I walked together and talked together, and my life was changed. So when you go through hardship, it's just an opportunity. When you go through brokenness, it's an opportunity. When you go through even seemingly the shadow, the valley of death, he never leaves you. Matter of fact, draw close to him because he wants to draw close to you. He has a soft spot, I really believe, for those in pain and trauma. Well, a praying church made a big difference. A loving church made a difference. At school, I would hear the word dent head every once in a while after the surgery. Hey, dent head, what are you doing? Do you know I never heard that in the body of Christ? As a seven-year-old, that makes a difference. Come on. 
the compassion, the inclusion, the grace. I didn't hear that from my home except my brother when he wanted to bug me. <laughs> and if you know Cal, you know that's true. So being in the body, connected to the body, and then relating your need or concern in the body of Christ matters. It's life-changing. There was a man in Tucson by the name of Tom Boyle, and his wife had just finished dinner at a shopping mall, and they were coming out of the shopping mall in Tucson, Arizona, and as they were approaching their vehicle, they saw a car right in front of the mall, just with a high speed, run right into a, a young man on a motorcycle and drug that man about 30 feet on the ground. Tom reacted immediately. He, his just, he just kicked into to high gear and he ran over to the young man pinned underneath the car on the motorcycle. And he came to his rescue and he summoned his strength at the moment and he lifted a 3,000 pound car. It was a Chevy Camaro off this 18 year old boy and he held it for 45 seconds until someone could pull this young man from beneath the Camaro. Children were playing in uh, the tundra of the high region of Quebec, and uh, it's just snow, and we're talking about way at the top of Canada. And a woman was looking out her kitchen window, a native woman was looking over her children, and she saw on the horizon a polar bear approaching them. She was the mother of the, her son that was out in the play area, out beyond their property, and she hightailed it out of the house, ran through the tundra, and said to the children as she approached, get to the house right now. And so these children ran to their house, and she stopped in front of this uh, polar bear and began to resist the polar bear, and the polar bear began to attack, trying to get to those young people running away. And so she punched and she kicked, and she managed to fend off that polar bear long enough for a neighbor, a neighbor down the right way, seeing what was now taking place, pulled out a gun and put four bullets into a 700-pound polar bear. They laid the polar bear out later. It was over eight feet tall. This one mother, woman, defended her child and the children of the village, and it took four bullets to bring that polar bear down. She walked away with a few scratches. These stories are of amazing physical strength and, and really powerful demonstrations of engagement. But who can defend us in the spirit realm? Who can fight things we cannot see? We all know. Matter of fact, Ecclesiastes 3 says, eternity is written in the heart of men. We all know. Everybody on this planet knows. I mean, there are uh, movies made about the unseen realm over and over again. 
you know and I know there's an unseen realm of life. There's a spirit world, and there's stuff that happens in it. We know that, yes, this is physical, this is touchable, there's concrete, there's bricks, there's mortar, but we also know there's things that take place way beyond that. We see it affect our thoughts, our kids. We say it, it, see it impact our culture. Sometimes we make it a political froth. We build up energy within political, and I'm not going to go there today, but we build that up so that we can confront that by political means. And how has that worked for us? Or we recognize that something has to be greater than ourselves to deal with that which is greater than ourselves. I was talking to a guy the other day, and he said, you know, Mark, I, I've been, when I make big decisions, he says, I've come to the place that I give God at least 30 days before I make that decision to confirm it or to agree to it or to give me wisdom and insight. I said, why do you wait that? And he said, these are significant. I'm gonna, am I going to buy this house? Am I going to take this job? I give them time. And I said, well, why is that? Well, because in Scripture, you remember the angel of the Lord was kept back from answering the prayer for 21 days. And I thought, hmm, maybe I'm a little quick on the draw. <laughs> it was 1983, and my beautiful wife here, Jenny, was expecting our first child. We had a wonderful, wonderful Christian doctor in Santa Rosa, California, where we had met a few years before, a number of years before, and then we were ready for this amazing birth of Janae, our daughter. As, the, uh, as she went into the hospital, the labor went on and on and on for 36 hours. And they were just ready to induce and do something else kind of thing, maybe C-section, and then there was activity. Janae was born. Janae came out, big eyes looking all over. I held her in my arms. She was just taking it all in. And then I looked over at the table because uh, Jenny didn't look right. The doctor checked her, and they started doing vitals. And then slowly you could see the color leave from the top of Jenny's head as the color of red crimson came from her womb. They rushed her into an, uh, uh, really an emergency room and this continued right on the table. I say this in truth and honesty to this morning that this little doctor of ours, probably five foot three, 100 pounds maybe, really great guy, literally got up onto the table and Jenny and started pounding right on her womb. He said, something is lodged causing this hemorrhage. This is difficult. We're, just let me do this. Then he would try to extract whatever was left over of that placenta in the room. He kept pounding, trying to loose it. I'm going, my, my wife's getting beat up. At the same time, I'm seeing the color of Jenny just go gray. 
after the color has passed her head, probably past her uh, chest area, I begin to hear this from the lips of my wife. Some of you know what I'm saying. She starts praying in the spirits. Neanderthal dad holding the ah uh, yes and we start yes dear Jesus dear Jesus Jenny sits before you this morning a miracle it goes beyond her she basically this is what our loving we love this doctor he goes Jenny hold on he thought she was sort of hallucinating he did he said, hold on, Jenny, it's not that bad. Stay with me, stay with me. You see, beyond the flesh, there's the spirit. The next day, that doctor came in our room. He said, I don't know what was all going on there. I do know this. We almost lost you, but by God's intervention, here you are. The scripture here in uh, Thessalonians, I want you to look at with me. Let's just take a few minutes and just chew on this. Um, matter of fact, can we read this together? I like to read it out loud since you're with me and I'm with you. So we're just going to read it. Ready, set, go. But the Lord is faithful. He will strengthen you and guard you from the evil one. He will strengthen you. In the Greek, in the original language, means that he will keep you steadfast. It actually has the thought of a stabilizer. He's going to keep you stable. He's also going to confirm things to you. So when you feel shaky, guess what? He's faithful to do what? Strengthen you. Confirm it. He's for you. He's not against you. Also, it gives the insight that he is setting out a clear path. And the faithfulness of God will stand every test of time. He's watching, look at that word, that he watches and guards us. He's guarding over us. He's protecting us. He's taking charge over us. And who is he dealing with? The unseen world. The evil one. Now here's the key. One key. That which you commit to his ownership, he takes seriously. If you're not committed to his ownership and listening to his lordship, your property is not under his care. Have you ever heard the statement, when you go rent a car or you talk to somebody or you borrow a car from somebody else and you ever say, uh, I'm going to drive it like I rented it. You ever heard that statement? It means like you get in the car and you're just going to peel rubber and you're just going to turn corners and you don't care how you look and where you're going. You're just going to drive it like just crazy. I'm going to drive it like I rented it. Listen, your house, when you own it, gets treated differently than when you rent it. When it's his ownership, it's treated differently. 
When you're under his covering and care, when you've surrendered your life and heart to him, guess what? He's the owner. <laughs> Come on. He's going to put in a security system. That's why when you own a house, you go, oh, we got some nice stuff here. We're going to, let's get that simple, safe security system. Let's get that ADT and put it out on the lawn. You got a camera doorbell. Come on. You've got insurance. You make improvements. You add new paint every once in a while. At least it would be a good idea to do so. <laughs> so let's just take that. I mean, I could preach all morning just on that. He will guard that which is committed to him against the evil one. He's adding security systems. He's got angels around you you're not even aware of. How's that for security? Well, I sort of like my dingy din. Uh-uh. He's coming in, and it's time for a repaint. That's why he doesn't leave us alone. You know why he stirs stuff up, why he keeps poking and, and convicting and improving the very lives we live in for his name's sake. I am his. And he is mine, and he's got me covered. Say that with me. He's got me covered. He's got me covered. That's his word, that he will guard you from the evil one. See, it starts with him. It doesn't start with me. He is faithful. Do you see that? He is faithful. I love you, but you're human. You're not always faithful. That's why we need the grace of Jesus. Come on, we got bad days. We used to call it, when I was growing up, they'd say, are you living in the flesh or are you living in the spirit? What does that mean? Well, I'm, I'm full of Jesus. I'm walking with Christ. But every once in a while, I get a little off. But he doesn't. Amen. He is faithful. Amen. So somebody comes along, well, you're a little off. Oh, you're opening yourself up for the enemy. You're not. There's someone covering your life. The security system didn't get shut down. Come on. The angels just, you know, oh, Mark had a bad attitude. I'm out of here. <laughs> it's not, we're, we're talking about the faithfulness of God through Jesus Christ. Nothing can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. Faithful means reliable, means believable, trustworthy. It's a, it's a word that means you can bank on it. You can take it to the bank. His character, God's character, is done. It's consistent. It doesn't change just because you have a mood problem. Aren't you glad he doesn't sleep? Aren't you glad he doesn't take a nap? He doesn't go on vacation. He's always true. He is not off tomorrow. He doesn't get sick. He doesn't go, I don't really feel like protecting my people from the evil one today. I just, uh, is not the attributes and character of the living God. 
That's why he wrote the Old Testament and the New Testament. We could see his faithfulness over and over and over and over again. And when you're dipping in a little bit of down cycle, you should recall when he was faithful at those junctures in your testament. And you say, by the blood of the Lamb and the word of my testimony, he is faithful. Amen. Jenny and I have gotten into a habit on Sundays. I will come home and turn on, I love golf, I play golf a lot. Uh, I will turn on golf, and golf is the most soothing, nap-inducing uh, experience. It's just beautiful. Jenny doesn't like golf that much, and uh, we'll, have, we'll, we'll recap what took place on Sunday. We'll thank Jesus together. We'll have a little, little lunch, and then she'll go, see ya, I'm taking a nap. And I'll say, well, I'm going to watch golf here a little bit, and usually eh, an hour later, I'm taking a nap. God doesn't take naps. Jesus is yesterday, today, and forever the same. Oh, I like having a pulpit. <laughs> now listen to me. For you to maintain coverage in this realm of the unseen, the evil realm, darkness, there are demons. There is an enemy. Now remember, he is a created being. God is uncreated. God can be everywhere, all at the same time, involved in anyone by spirit and truth. The enemy can only be at one place at one time. Remember that. Demons are limited. They have power. They have strength. Yes, they have. Uh, they affect our culture and the atmosphere more than the, in a sense, the ongoing individuals. It's real. But remember this. For you to remain engaged and fight those battles in that realm and to fulfill victory, you do not have the capacity you weren't made for it. Someone else was. It is not sustainable. It is not even possible for you to know who, what, what being, what thought, what conflict, what attack is coming your way, when it's happening, who it's coming from, why it's happening, where it's going. You can't, if you try to figure out, this is, I've walked with Jesus a long time. You, I have tried and I've seen people try to figure that out and they go mm, bonkers. You love me still? Yes. You're not, guess what? You don't need to. I will keep you from the evil one. What we're called to do is to pray, put on the full armor of God, and stand. Declare and stand his grace, his authority, his truth. I have watched people that I've loved and pastored through the years, and they'll get caught up into things like, oh, I need to understand where this attack is coming from and they get diverted from the authority and the supremacy and the kingship of Jesus. Look at this verse. Can you read? Oh, well, that's not there yet. Oh, cool. he's, he's got to do it. I do this at home and it does that thing. It's all right. Here it is. Ready, set, go. 
We know that God's children do not make a practice of sinning, for God's Son holds them securely, and the evil one cannot touch them. <laughs> the movies don't tell you that. Movies wake it wide open. Oh, you're going you're to be in trouble. It's coming to get you. Listen, look at a practice. If you are walking and leaning and moving into the grace of Jesus and holding on to him, if you're a new believer and you're saying, I got stuff that I got to deal with, but I am listening to Jesus. I want more of him. You are not continuing in a lifestyle of sin. You're not practicing. You're saying, I stumble every once in a while, but I am leaning into the Lord. Guess what? For God hold, God's son holds them securely. Oops, I dropped that one. No, no, no. Securely. There is no one like Jesus Christ. Ever. This is basically saying Jesus got you. Listen. There's no one that has his resume. He has conquered all sin, the sting, the power of demonic forces, death itself, and Hades and hell. He is the victor. And once that has permeated my spirit and your heart, he had defeated the plan of the enemy. He has insights and credentials and a resume that will not be thwarted. He is the victor. You're under and, and, and attached and in love with Jesus. He's in love with you. Guess what? Nothing of the enemy can touch you. Wow, you're pretty passionate about this, Mark. You're really sort of passionate about it. Because I see we get duped. The body of Christ gets sort of turned on its ear a little bit. And we go, oh, man. no. Be more concerned about your walk with Jesus than your concern about the works of darkness because the closer you are to him, the more power there will be displayed. So trust in his ability. He's for you. He's got it. He has promised to strengthen you, to guard you, and to keep you, and nothing will be able to touch you from darkness. This is our hope. This is the reality. He's the Savior. He's setting you in the right direction. He'll confirm what you need, and he'll move you forward in strength. Does it mean that you don't have times where there is physically, emotionally, mentally that you have attacks? No, that happens in real life. It does. Some of them are humans uh, brought about. Some of them are from it. But you will not be at the core of your being and in the mind of Christ, you will not be defeated. Trust it. He will cover you and keep you. The thought is that you, you and I on that scripture is that we're on a journey and he's going to keep watch over us and he's going to cover and protect us. And our response is, thank you, Lord. I want to stay in humility because God opposes the proud and gives grace to the humble. So I said, thank you, Lord. I'm going to stay humble and grateful. And that's all you got to concern and look out. The covering's going with you. When I was a kid, my brother and I later on, Lisa did a couple times, uh, but we would uh, take 
I, I know there's not too many that do it these days. And can you imagine a seven-year-old or an eight-year-old and a 13 or 10-year-old being put on a Greyhound bus in San Fernando and we'd go all the way on the Greyhound bus as kids? That's how, yeah. So you're telling me stuff isn't flying around in this world? Uh, they go all the way up to Toppenish, Washington. And I remember the saying back there, it was, Greyhound, leave the driving to us. Remember that? And I think this should be on our bumpers. I'm leaving the driving to Jesus. <laughs> I can sit back and enjoy, listen, I can sit back and enjoy the encounters I'm having with the seats next to me and share in the love and life of Jesus Christ with them because the driver is covering my life. Amen. I want to submit something to you. As, a, as, a, as really an elder in the body of Christ, partly, yes, I'm uh, decades and decades and decades and decades. I'm, I'm older. Uh, it's not because I'm, I'm a board member here, which is a real privilege and honor for me. I've walked with the Lord 60-plus years. I've been involved in ministry and have, for 40-plus years. I have seen the sweetness and the wonderful uh, fruitful seasons of the Lord. And I, I, they're, it's fascinating. They are sort of seasonal. I have also seen the work of humanity to the place that it has distracted from God's work. Or even sometimes honestly brought a dead end to God's work. I have seen moral failures and I have seen financial failures within the body of Christ. I have seen things that isn't healthy for anyone to experience. I've been, I've seen them. I have witnessed them. I, by God's grace God, and the strength and shield of the Holy Spirit, covered my life and my family. By God's grace, both of our kids love Jesus, serve the Lord and their grand, our grandkids. I believe that at Osborne Neighborhood Church, there's an attraction that's taking place. There's a growth of life that God is doing. God is at work here. And that's good. And I applaud that and I champion that. And I just want to encourage you in this message to stay Jesus-centered. There's a statement that is taught during traffic school when you're learning to ride a motorcycle, and they tell you this. They say, wherever your head turns, you end up. You go like this, look, I truly believe keep your focus on Jesus, you'll take the right road. I know that's your heart, I know that's what's happening. But there is even in spiritual warfare, there's even in spiritual dynamics in this realm that I'm talking about, there's teachings that say 
you know what? We need to know what the name of the principality is. We need to end up and understand the mapping of the evil one. We can get insights that no one else can get. And if we get that insight, it'll keep us into a, it'll put us into a realm that we'll have greater breakthrough. I submit to you this morning that Jesus didn't model that. Paul did not model that. He just said, it's real. Now, put on the armor of God and stand in prayer. And I have seen churches get off track. I've seen people in the body of Christ get all wiggy and weird and ineffective because they have said, wait a minute, I have to get some understanding. I need to get some kind of insight. I've got to produce something here and name that principality and take that down that stronghold. You don't have the means and neither do I. There's only one and his name is Jesus Christ. There's only one. And that just says to my heart, oh, I am so glad, I am so humble, and I'm so grateful you are in charge. Why do I share that with you with a little bit of passion this morning? Because I believe there's stuff flying around that could move Osborne away from, I'm not saying it's in the church, I'm just saying it's in the, in the, in the realm. I, it'll move Osborne away from the growth and the new life that he intends to take place right here. Stay Jesus first, Jesus focused. He is my strength and my shield. I love it. You see the encounters in the New Testament where Jesus deals with all of those kinds of spiritual uh, impacting realms. And he, he didn't go in and say, okay, wait a minute, disciples, let's take a little minute here. Let's understand how do we bind this thing? We need to understand the background of it, where it came from, what generation it started. He didn't do any of that. He just kicked its butt. <laughs> I, I, I'm sorry to say that, but he just did. He just said, no, you're out, I'm in. And he has given that authority to us. So stay close to him. Uh, it's fascinating. In the Old Testament, uh, they would fight battles, and God would use different weird uh, applications like lanterns and trumpets and then sending the choir out in front of them. What a great strategic plan for engagement. Didn't make any um, in a sense, uh, logical sense, but because they were committed to him and devoted to him and were focused on Jehovah, on Jesus, he fought the battle. Some of you are facing some personal battles this morning. You're facing some valleys. And it, it, go, it happens between your ears, too. Man, it beats you up. Tapes start playing. Discouragement sets in. In a moment, we're going to pray. Have our, Lord, show your reality. Show your authority. Show your grace there. You know, when a trainee goes to FBI school to learn how to identify counterfeit bills. <laughs> They're never shown counterfeit bills. They're shown the real thing. And when the real thing uh, is given, they, they have to study it for days and days. And a matter of fact, one trainee said, the response was this, they said, uh, when are you gonna show us the counterfeits? 
He said, after you know so well the original. My grandfather shared that story with me years and years ago. It's the truth, isn't it? You know the original, you can spot a counterfeit like that. He will guard you. He's on task. He fights your battles. Lean into him. He doesn't get a weird mood, and he doesn't change. My emotions at times get the best of me. I'm just human like that. Maybe you're, not, you're more mature at Osborne. I understand that. But they get sometimes the best of me. He, does, he, he has emotion, but they don't get the best of him. We do. We do recognize that there is an unseen realm. There is an evil force. There is a true demon. There are true demons. There is the demonic. There is a Satan. There is a devil. It's real. Some of the after effects of that, the ripples of that, are in our culture, and we see it all the time. It affects our thoughts. You've seen it affect your families. I submit to you today that some of you that have seen the crazy stuff and the confusing of sexuality, the weirdness, and the demonic of all kinds of uh, just permissiveness, and it has affected your kids, love, grace, and prayer will conquer the works of darkness. Love never fails. Grace is from Jesus, and that prayer that engages those two never shall be thwarted. It's having an effect. So you that are praying for prodigal kids, we've just seen in our church, I say this all that, just seen in our church, a little church in Flagstaff, we've seen some prodigals come home to Jesus. And guess what? One of them, we just had one encounter, and we just planted seeds in this one. We found out her mom's in Hawaii praying for her. She called us and said, I can't believe my daughter was in church. <laughs> it was just the beginning. But I believe this. You're praying for your kids. Someone else is praying, and they're going to come. Their kids are going to come in your door, and your kids are going to come in that church door. It's not based on my ability. It's not based on my even, my giftedness or my stature it is based on the authority of jesus christ king of kings lord of lords who listens and responds to us in our time of need some of you are affected with just anxiety this morning pastor ryan beautifully spoke of it earlier you're dealing with some wounds and past and stuff and you need to just set that aside today. I want to encourage you and just say, Jesus, show yourself to me. Heal me. You see, as a seven-year-old, I got a glimpse of Jesus. <laughs> uh, he messed me up. I've never been the same. When Jesus comes in, all the other stuff just scatters. Perfect love casts out fear. 
You don't need to know, understand even where the fear comes from. You don't have to dissect the anxiety. You just say, Jesus, I need more of you, and I just want your touch in my life. So how big's your daddy? <laughs> my dad's pretty big, and he can beat up and has. He is faithful, and he will guard you, and he has the authority in Christ to hold you securely. Stand with me. Let's pray. This is just the way I roll kind of thing, because I believe you're... Um, wise adults and smart, uh, gifted people. I don't do it with a lot of fanfare usually or anything. It's just, it's an encounter between you and him. But if what I shared any of, of that this morning, if you're dealing with anxiety, it'd be my privilege and our privilege to pray with you that you get a touch of Jesus. You're dealing with some wounds in your life. You need Jesus to heal. He's the great physician. I can't do it. Doctor said, Mark, you got cancer. Two days later, oh, no, you don't. They're still practicing medicine. I don't know if you figured that out yet. You've got family members that are listening and confused to all kinds of stuff. It is the prayer and the grace of Jesus that breaks through that. So if that's you, if I've just mentioned a couple, I would just, come on, come forward. We're going to pray. Just meet me at the altar here. We're going to pray. Just come on. Come on. Yeah. That's you. Come on. You just say, I just need Jesus. I need Jesus. And I need his touch in my life. I need him to come and whisper into me what I need to hear. And that's the great thing about the Holy Spirit. He can whisper exactly what you, and what you need, and it's different. Isn't that good? That's good. Let's sing this chorus together. We're singing it over our lives. We're singing it over our heart. Let's sing this together. Your name is power. Ooh, your name is healing. Your name is Break every stronghold, shine through the shadows, burn like a fire. Thank you, Lord. You're doing speak that. the name of Jesus. Because I just want to speak the name of Jesus. Every, every heart, over every heart and every mind. Because I know that there within your presence I speak Jesus in the name of Jesus oh I just want to speak the name of Jesus yes Lord till every dark addiction starts to break declaring there is hope and there is freedom I speak Jesus. 
Your name is power. Your name is peace. 